Let us pray. Faith clings to Jesus' cross alone and rests in him unceasing. And by its fruits, true faith is known with love and hope increasing. For faith alone can justify works, serve our neighbor, and supply the proof that faith is living. Amen. Please be seated. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this Septuagesima Sunday. The Gospel reading we heard just a moment ago, Matthew 20, 1-16, especially the last verse. So the last will be first, and the first last. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the last being first, the first being last, it's not fair. It's not fair. If you're in line at the grocery store and you're first and the person seven or eight spots behind you cuts in line, how do you feel? It's not fair. Watch little children play. Or better yet, watch little children when treats are divvied up and somebody's treat is a t- fraction smaller than someone else's. It's not fair. This isn't confined to the grocery store or to little children. We do it all the time. Most conversations that adults have eventually steer into the it's not fair category. Gas and grocery prices, house valuations in Lancaster County are at the top of the list right now. And so what do we do? We find a willing ear and we complain and we complain and we complain. And finally, when we run out of complaints, then it's the other person's turn. They've been building it up all along, and then they come back. And even though we don't care, we are obliged to listen. It's how things work, isn't it? Only the uh, very young or the exceptionally naive expect the world to be a fair place. We've all learned it in the school of hard knocks. So we come to church, right? If there's any place where we can expect justice, real justice, fairness, it's here in church. And then we hear God's word. And we realize that by the world's standards, the church is the most unfair, unjust place in the entire world. You heard that right. The church, the kingdom of heaven, is the most unfair and unjust place that there could possibly 
be. Jesus teaches us his parable. The kingdom of heaven, the church, is like this. And then he goes on to explain injustice and unfairness. Workers are hired through various times of the day. Some of the workers are hired just a little bit before quitting time. And then it's time for the pay. Well, first of all, the unfairness and the unjustness. The people that had worked 12 hours bearing the heat of the day, doing all the hard labor, they get paid last. What an insult. What an injustice. And then we find out why it's never a good idea to compare paychecks on the job. Yeah. What happens? The people who are hired last, who only worked one hour, they get paid a full day's wages. Now if you're watching this, and you had worked 12 hours, you are computing in your head at this point in time, okay, 12 times? That's what you're expecting. That's what would be fair, right? That would be just. But to add insult to injury, not only do the workers who have worked the 12-hour day, not only do they get paid last, but they get paid exactly the same amount as the people who only worked a short time. Not in the heat of the day, but in the cool of, an e of the evening. My friends, what is Jesus teaching us in this parable? We need to be careful that we don't try to dissect every little detail. Jesus is not teaching us the evils of communist economy, although they are evil. Jesus is teaching us about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. He's teaching us about the church. He's teaching us that the kingdom of God is not fair. The kingdom of God is unjust. The kingdom of God is an insult. It's an insult to all man-made religion. It's an insult to our reason and our senses. All human religions, every one of them, are based on merit. What you do, what you have earned, what you can expect. You work hard, you want a paycheck. A text like this, and especially that last phrase, the last will be first and the first will be last. It's a scandal. And that's what Christianity is. It's a scandal. All man-made religions, all human religions, are religions of the flesh. Listen to what God's Word says about the flesh. Our sinful nature. Romans, seven, or Romans 8, 
7 to 8. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Our flesh, our reason, constructs all kinds of religious schemes, religious ideas, religious programs, religions in and of themselves. And because they are religions of the flesh, they are hostile to God. The translation is really a little bit weak there. They hate God. They hate God. Hating God is bad enough. But along with this hatred of God comes a spiritual blindness. Not only do you hate God, you are completely blind to the fact that you hate God. This is how people can say that evil is good. And good is evil. They're blind. They're spiritually blind to the word and will of God. We could go on and on and on with examples from our world today, couldn't we? How professing Christians are obsessed with the murder of the unborn. How people who want law and order in society, especially for themselves, want to defund the police and empty our prisons. We could go on and on and on with examples of people sincerely calling evil good and good evil. They're sincerely wrong, but they are 100% sincere. They are speaking from the flesh, and they are completely blind to the Word of God. We don't have to go that far, do we? The darkness of unbelief, the darkness of spiritual hatred, the proof, the proof of this spiritual hatred is in our text for today. Maybe you didn't pick it up. What is Jesus teaching us in this parable? That He is a God of grace. We are saved by grace alone. God pours out His grace to all sinners. And that's scandalous. That's insulting. That's unfair. That's unjust. In fact, people hear of the grace of God, the undeserved love and mercy of God toward sinners, 
They hear of that, and not only are they offended, not only do they think that Christians are foolish, they despise God for it. They hate God, and they claim that the Christian church, the Christian gospel, is unfair, unjust, immoral, racist. And the list goes on and on. The gospel, the grace of God, is offensive to the world. And that's why Christians, people who believe and cling to the grace of God, are always facing persecution. Because to be a Christian, to believe in the grace of God, is to stand up and to boldly say, all man-made religions are false. All man-made religions are evil. All man-made religions lead to the same place. Hell. Pastor, how did you get all of that out of this parable? What is Jesus teaching? He's teaching about the kingdom of God. The people who have labored and labored and labored in the kingdom of God. They want their pay. They want their wages. They want what they have earned. They want what they've deserved. And when the owner of the vineyard decides to pay those who worked a little less or a lot less the same amount they're angry they grumble they're offended they hate the owner of the vineyard for his unjust and unfair practices my friends those who labor long and hard in the kingdom and who demand their payment are people who are Christians on the outside. They, they belong to a church or they say they believe the gospel, but deep down they reject it. Deep down they do not want to repent. Deep down, they really don't believe they have any sin to repent of. They're in the church. They're working hard in the church. They want everybody to notice their hard work. And they want their pay. They want to be recognized. Sometimes they want to be worshipped. They want to work their way into the kingdom of God. And what they don't realize is that they are slaves to sin. Slaves to their good works. Slaves 
to their do-good-ism. And the harder they work, the more the chains of this slavery brings them into bondage. The owner of the parable got it right, or the owner of the vineyard in our parable got it right. Did you hear what he said? Take your pay and go home. Some of the most harsh, severe law words in all of Scripture. Take your wages, take your pay, and get out of here. My friends, if you want to work your way to God, if you want to work your way to heaven, people will notice. People will elevate you in stature. People will speak well of you. And that's your pay. And on the last day, Jesus will say, take your pay and get out of here. You received your reward. You received your payment. You do not belong to the kingdom of God. Romans 4 says it this way. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whom the Lord will not count his sin. My friends, the righteousness of God cannot be earned. The righteousness of God is not like working hard and receiving a paycheck. The righteousness of God demands a perfect heart. Be holy as I, the Lord your God, am holy. The righteousness of God demands a heart that fears, loves, and trusts in God 100% of the time. Our works cannot save us because our works are works of the flesh. And they are tainted with sin. My friends, the church... The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is the most unjust, unfair place that the world has ever seen. You don't want the justice of God. You don't want what you have earned. Your sins have earned the punishment and the eternal separation from God forever you want to know what unjust behavior is you want to know what unfairness 
is look to the cross. Look to the cross. The only person who has never sinned took on our sin. The only person who was truly righteous, a perfect and holy heart and life. This Jesus became sin for us. No, he didn't sin. But every sin from every sinner, past, present, and future, was laid upon him. And he freely and he willingly took it. He counted it a joy to pay our debt and to suffer. It was an injustice that took Jesus to the cross. He bore our sin. He did the hard work in the heat of the day. The shame, the hatred, the ridicule, the mocking. No one relieved him from his hard work and his labor. Jesus did that. Suffering and dying on Calvary's cross. For you and for me. It's not fair. It's not just. Thanks be to God that He is not fair and just with regard to our sin. Thanks be to God that in His love and mercy He poured out the justice, the divine wrath and justice that we deserve not on us, but on His only begotten Son. Jesus Christ, the Lamb alone who bears our sin freely and willingly. The grace of God sets us free. It sets us free from the endless round and routine of doing good works. He sets us free from all man-made religion. He sets us free from any notion or thought that we could somehow work our way into heaven or earn the forgiveness of sins. Christ has done it all. He has paid your debt fully. He has set you free from the slavery of sin. He has set you free from the bondage of working your way to God or climbing the ladder to heaven. He has exposed man-made religion for the nonsense that it is. He has set us free to do good works. What? I thought good works were bad. No, good works aren't bad. They're awesome. But they don't get you into heaven. Christ and what He has done and the grace of God that freely gives the forgiveness of sins in the waters of holy baptism, in the Word read and proclaimed, in the Holy Supper 
put into our mouth. The grace of God is distributed to us. And we are set free. We know that we don't have to do anything to remain in the kingdom of God. But there's much work to be done in the kingdom of God. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. Children, obey your parents. Citizens, be good citizens. There's much work to be done in the kingdom of God. But the grace of God sets us free. Why do we work in the kingdom of God? Because we love it. We've been set free. We don't have to labor in the heat of the day. Jesus did that. We get to work in the cool of the evening. Come to me, Jesus says. All you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke. My yoke is easy. My friends. The kingdom of God. The grace of God. Is unfair. And unjust. Jesus. The Son of God bore all of our sins. All of our sins of works righteousness and self-justification. All of our sins of complaining and grumbling against one another, against the authorities God has given us, and even against God Himself. Jesus has paid for all of our sins. And set us free. If the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our freedom in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.